I want to talk to you this morning about something that's deeper than just the physical, something that's deeper than just the exterior. But I want to get deeper into the hidden places of the heart and the deeper places where really everything that every, that even matters in life flows out of here. If you read with me, this is in Proverbs chapter 4. Did I tell you to go to Proverbs chapter 4? Proverbs chapter 4. This is verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Pay attention. Attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. I, not long ago, I was seeking the Lord about matters of the heart because I had dealt with some, some physical issues after I had my second baby. And I had done everything that I could to get better. I had done everything nutritionally I could do. I, you know, I read the scripture. I believed God. I stood on the word. I... I did everything I knew to do to get well. I exercised. I, I mean, I worked at it to get better. And there came a point after a long time that I just got really real before the Lord. And I said, Lord, what's going on? Like, why have I not recovered quicker? I mean, I have believed God for my healing since I was a little girl. I've known how to live in health, how to walk in health, how to be free. And I said, what's going on? And he took me to the scripture that says in verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Some translations say, guard your heart, guard with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. You know, a diligent guard is always on duty, isn't he? He's always looking out. He's always watching out. He's always monitoring the state of the area that he's supervising. He's always aware of things that are, he's always aware. He's not asleep. He's awake. He's awake to what's going on on the inside. And you know, God does this throughout the whole Bible. He talks about the heart. I think the heart is mentioned like over 800 times in the Bible. I think that the heart is the theme of God. I think that it is, it's his passion. Even in the new covenant, we see that he writes his love and he writes no longer his law on stones and tablets made by man. He, he came and he wrote because of Jesus and through Jesus has written his love on our heart, on the inside. He's written something on the inside of us, truth. And, um, and for me, I had to get really real with God and say, Lord, is there something on the inside of me that needs to heal so that I can fully heal? And I had a sense in my heart when I prayed about this week that this year, for some people, not for all that are in here, has been one of the hardest years that you've ever been through in your life, in your ministry. Some of you, 
one of the hardest years. And for me, I, um, when I prayed over it, I, I felt like that there were a lot of people that have gone through major relationship issues and hurts and rejection. And as a minister of the gospel, if you are not healed and you don't let your heart heal fully, now you can let it heal in degrees, but if you don't let your heart fully heal from things that you go through, you will continue to hurt people and not become the most effective minister that you could possibly be. And our responsibility as ministers of the gospel is to treat people good, is to be good to people. That's first and foremost. It's not just the word we preach. If we don't live the life and we just preach the word to them, it means nothing. Our, li- our, our words mean nothing. We have to live it. And if our heart is broken in any way, if there's something going on on the center of us. Now, when I talk about heart, I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm not talking about, you know, just what you think about the the natural heart. I'm talking about the core of who you are, the essence of who you are. And if there's something that's been broken or there's uh, if there's something that's been damaged, you have to find you have to find the time and you have to make the time and you have to get real with God and say, Lord, Uproot this thing from me. Heal this thing in me. The heart can, the heart on the inside can be, there can be so many things going on in the heart of man. A heart can be cold. The Bible talks about all of these. Or a heart can be warm. You can be warm hearted. A heart can be hard. Or a heart can be tender. Ah, tenderness. That's what we're after. A heart can be uh, I'm trying to think of what Ephesians talks about it. Let's just read that real quick because this is this is where we're going. This is Ephesians chapter five. I'm just believing there are people in here today that are going to get free from things that they've dealt with. For so long, and that would normally naturally take people years and years and years to get through. But we can be free of it and have one moment with the Lord, and He can take care of it, and we can go free. This is in Ephesians chapter 4. It says in verse 29. Actually, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. I'm moving too fast. I'm going to get there in a second. Let's read this first. Luke, Luke 6 45. This says, just I'll just read it to you. I think I'm reading it to you in the um, the message or the let's see the amplified. Um, okay, no, I'm gonna read it to you this first. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Get this together. Six forty-five. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And I was thinking about this morning how, have you ever, there's ever been a moment in your life where you've thought, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Why did I say that again? Why did I mess up again? Why did I do that? Lord, you have to go, you have to repent again and again. And you're like, Lord, why did I do that again? And the Lord was ministering to me about how you can't just try to control your tongue. You can't just try to control your actions. 
if you, you can't just look at these things that are happening out here and on the exterior, you've got to look for the root. You've got to go deeper. And that's what the Bible is talking about when it says, guard your heart. Well, you've got to, you got to look at the heart issues. You've got to go deeper. You've got to look deeper. What's the root? What's the real issue going on here? And it says, a good man out of the treasure of his heart. So what is that saying? That this on the inside is like a treasure. And there's treasure in your heart. There can be treasure in your heart. To me, the greatest treasure that I've ever received in this life is the word of God. Money could never be a great treasure to me. You know why? Because if I have the word, I can receive everything good I need. You know, I, I don't, I don't need, money is not the end all treasure. And, and all that to say is he says, good, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can't just try to do good. And you can't just try to speak good and to speak perfect and to live perfect and do all these things. No, it's not, that's not how you fix the issue. you got to get down into the heart. And I was just asking the Lord, well, Lord, how, how, do you, how do you get down into the heart? And how do you heal the heart? And he started to minister to me about that. And we'll get into that in a second. But I was thinking about, I had a friend not long ago. She told me this story about... Um, what she went through when she was in her 20s. And she was diagnosed with a really rare heart condition. It was a type of cancer. And she told me toward the end of her treatments that one day um, she heard the Lord speak to her and say, "Um, Sarah, I'm healing your heart so that I can heal your heart. And I went back and I said, you know what, Sarah, tell me the story. Tell, go back and tell me what happened to you before this, leading up to this cancer. And she said, well, I had, um, with my parents had gone through this horrible divorce. I was really close to my dad. And um, he all of a sudden just started rejecting me, didn't want to have anything to do with me. Later they found out that he had some mental disorders, but she was being the, you know, the getting the hit of his condition and just bearing it all and, you know, being rejected by him, going through this horrible divorce. She was in turmoil. She said, I was in turmoil for about five years and I couldn't understand why my dad didn't love me. He, I had loved him, you know, I'd been close to my whole life and then he just rejected me and left me. And, and, um, and all these things were going on when she went off to college and then developed this horrible, horrible disease. And I, and I, when she, when she told me this, I knew, um, she also said, I had been through horrible heartbreak. Break. Something was broken in the heart on the inside. And I, I was like, okay. And the Lord just really started to minister to me. She said, but then when the Lord told me, I'm healing your heart so that I can heal your heart. She was healed and she's been healed of cancer for eight years. It's eight years later. Completely healed. She said, that moment, it was like all of that junk, all of that hurt that I'd been through, all that rejection, all of that heartbreak came off of me in a, in a moment of time. And I've never dealt with it again. She said, I still don't have a relationship with my dad to this day, but I don't deal with that heartbreak. And the Lord really started ministry to me. And he said in ministry, if you are going to be like me and you're going to follow after me and you're going to do what I tell you to do, you will encounter rejection. 
you're going to re encounter rejection. And the Bible says that Jesus was rejected of men. He was a man acquainted with grief and sorrow. He, he encountered the hardest and the ultimate rejection that we could ever face. And he said, if you are going to be in my ministry, you better get ready for it. And you better be ready to guard your heart. Because if you don't, the life force that I put in you for people will not be able to flow. And, um, and man, I'm telling you, I know every one of you guys in here have faced it. I know you faced it. If you're in the ministry and you're really doing what you're called to do, you faced it. You faced it with people. You've had people talk bad about you. You've had the enemy use people to come against you, to, uh, to cause division, to cause strife. It happens. You are never going to get, out, get away from it. But you know what? Just because there's drama all around you doesn't mean you have to let drama get in you on the inside. And you have to guard it. You have to put a guard, a watch, a guard over it. How can you tell what's going on in your heart? By whatever you're talking about all the time. And you have to ask yourself, you have to get real with you, yourself. What are you talking about all the time? What are you talking about? What do you talk, to, talk about to your friends? What do you talk about to your staff? What do you talk about to your spouse? What are you talking about all the time? It will reveal everything you need to know about your heart. Everything. It'll reveal. And, um, you know, some people do try to keep, they hold things in their heart and they bear it away. But at some point, it will come up, out and it will show up. It will show up. And you may not say all the right, you may not say all the wrong words. You may try to make it pretty on the outside and cover it and, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and frill, frill it up, what's going on. And, you know, but it will, it'll show up and your people will be able to see it. And all your staff will be able to see it. Everyone, you, you cannot hide anything. You can't. So the ultimate goal is to be not only just partially okay on the inside and get by day to day, but to live whole, completely whole on the inside. That's my goal. I want to be whole from the inside out. And I pray that over myself. When I pray, go to the, before the Lord, I say, Lord, I thank you for healing me from the inside out. I want to be completely whole from the inside out. So think about what are you talking about all the time? Are you always talking about every problem in your church that's going on? Are you talking about the people that have come against you in your church? Are you, think, are you talking about the staff that has betrayed you and all these things? Get over it. <laughs> I love you guys. And that's why I'm telling you. Get, don't, don't let, that is just the devil. He, he's making you talk about the things that don't need to be talked about. We don't talk about all. So think about it. What do you talk about all the time? Do you talk about lack all the time? Or do you talk about what God says that he's given you? Do you talk about money all the time? You talk about money all the time? That shows you what's on your mind all the time. That shows you what's on your heart all the time. Do you talk about, um, do you talk about the problem all the time? That is the reason that we are not seeing results. We're not talking about the right things, and we're not looking at the right things. But what is the answer? Okay, so we look at um, Proverbs chapter 4, and it says, attend to my word. I was, I was ministering to some friends the other night, and man, they were telling me about some stuff that was going on in their lives and some, some marriage difficulties, and Satan was just trying to come against them and just strife and different things. 
And I was sitting there and I was checking my heart because I really, really love these people. Really love them. You know, when you love somebody, you just want to say, Lord, you you check your heart and you ask the Lord, Lord, what can I give them? You know, and, um, and, you know, I heard the Lord say on the inside, this isn't a strife problem. This isn't even a marriage problem. This is a word problem. Not having enough word sown, the right word. Now, you know, we can listen to the word all day. You can be reading the Bible, feeding on the word. You can be listening to teaching all the time. But you need to hear the anointed word for you. Who's God speaking to you through and from? You know, and, and sometimes he speaks to you in the word, but he also sends you people that speak directly into your heart. And it goes down. And when it goes in, it's like nothing like anybody else can ever. Nobody else can minister to you like some people. I know for me, the person in my life that does that, number one is Jeremy. He does that for me. When I sit, he can speak to me. And it's like, he could just when we're standing, sitting around the house, he can talk to me. And I'm like, Oh, that is wisdom from heaven. You know, it's so awesome. Number two is my pastor, Keith Moore. He speaks into my life. When he speaks to me and when he speaks the word of God in service, it's like my heart is tenderizing on the inside. It's like melting. It's being made right. It's healing. It's working. And God has that anointed word for each one of us all the time. The word of God. And, and God says to us, attend to my word. But, but everything that's going on in the heart w- will come out at some point. So it's important for every day us to be asking the Lord, being honest and being real, getting real and saying, Lord, work in me. And you know, David, King David, he did this. Didn't God say, what did he say about David? He's a man after my heart. He wanted what God wanted. He wanted God's heart. And the coolest thing is, David, I, I think I have this written down. This is in Psalm um, 139. He says, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Uh, one translation, he says, point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me in the path of everlasting. Lead me in the right path. I don't know about you guys, but I want to go down the right path and I want to do the right things on the right path. And I want to live. I want to live on that path. One translation, he says this. He says, um, search me thoroughly, oh God, and know my heart. Try my thoughts and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me. And that hurtful just really stood out to me. Because I know you guys have heard this before, but have you ever heard this saying that hurt, hurting people hurt people? Well, healthy people help people, and healthy people heal people. But if you're always hurt, and you've got bitterness in you, or you're, if there's something that you still talk about today that you were hurt over five years ago or a year ago, and you're still hurt over it, or maybe it just comes out in conversation, that there's not something wrong with that person you're talking about anymore. There's something wrong going on in you. Don't let what you, how you minister to people be tainted because of what's happened to you. And, you know, that's what Ephesians is talking about. We'll go look at that right now. This is in Ephesians where we just, I just told you to go. Ephesians chapter 5. I feel like this is such like a serious word, but I don't, 
I just don't want to miss it. And I, I know that I know that I know this is this is from the Lord. Um, this is Ephesians chapter four. I'm sorry. And it's verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good for necessary edification. That's so interesting to me. Corrupt word. You know, you could have a word for people, but if it's not said in love and it's not said with the right heart, it will be corrupted word. And that's how we're, we're called to minister uh, purity, purity of word. Um, the Bible says, or Jesus actually said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we want purity going on in the inside. We want clarity. We want to be clear on the inside, clear out. You know, um, if, if we're clear on the inside, we'll give out that same kind of life in our ministry. But but what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And I think it's interesting. I, I was... Uh, see, I, I saw one of um, one of those ladies that she's a chiropractor and a nutritionist that we see sometimes, and she was doing all the muscle testing on us. I don't know if you've ever seen that done. It's it, I actually when I thought it was my first saw it done, I thought it was hilarious and a total joke. You know, like where they push your arm down and they test all these things. Well, I actually know um, a chiropractor that does it. It's really awesome. But she's telling me the way she's a Christian woman, and she said, "You know, you can forgive people by faith." Okay. But unless you put that away from you for good and really put it away from you, your body will remember those hurts and your memories will hold on to those hurts. Have you guys ever heard of cellular memory in science? So they're finding out that when someone, okay, like a, an organ donor, if they die and they um, are an organ donor and somebody gets their heart or their liver or something like that, the person, the new, per the person that got their organ will actually start to have the same memories as the person who had already died. What is that? That cellular memory, the same cells are, they're memory, they're remembering their own memories. They'll remember when, uh, you know, all these things. It's crazy. So they'll remember the car wreck that that person was in when they died, you know, like those kind of things. It's a crazy thought. What does it tell us? Our memory is extremely powerful. And your memories of your hurts and every situation that you get in that is, uh, if you let it in you, if you let it in your heart, You'll keep and hold on to that memory unless you, what does the Bible say here? Put it away from you. You have to get in there and dig it up. Now, what we just said in that other scripture, he said, out of the treasure, the good treasure of your heart. What is a treasure? It's, it's buried down deep on the inside of you, right? It's under the surface. It's hidden, it's hidden somewhere, right? You gotta, you gotta go in there and you, if it's not right and it's not supposed to be in there, you've gotta dig it out. You have to dig out that stronghold. You've got to dig it up. You've got to, you've got to get rid of it. And um, you've got to get it, get it out of you, and you've got to put it away from you. And then guard yourself that it never comes back. Um, you've got to root out that poison. You know, bitterness and hurt and all that stuff that people do. To, people are gonna, I'm telling you this because people are going to do this to you. And if you let it in, then you've got to uproot it, and you've got to get it out. And I'm... Um, I was thinking about poison, like bitterness being like a poison, but 
was thinking not long ago, I got bit by a spider, a poisonous spider, and it was really not cool. I mean, it was like, it made me so mad. I'm like, how did this, I get bit by this spider? Um, it was definitely poisonous, and it started to swell up red. Did I tell you about this? I tell you all about this? Okay, it got so red, and it was so this is really gross, isn't it? I'm sorry. But it was really, it was starting, it was holding on. And if I didn't do something about it, I knew that it was going to get in my system and it wasn't going to be good. Now, Jeremy, he wanted to perform surgery on it and it's so gross, <laughs> but I'm not letting him come near me with a needle. He's <laughs> this thing with like performing surgery. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I did not want him to come near me with that needle, but, um, I knew that I had to get that poison out of me. And if I didn't get it out soon enough, it was going to spread. And the infection was going to spread. It was not going to be pretty. So I ended up going to the doctor. And, you know, anyway. But um, you know what I had to do is in the prescription for that wound was I had to put medicine on it like three times a day. And I had to apply that medicine and take what I needed to take, or that infection was going to spread, and it was going to get worse, and worsen me, and worsen me, and worse, until it was not going to be good, and I want to encourage you guys to open your hearts up to the Lord, and say what David said, search me, O Lord, and find out, point out to me, if there is any any evil way in me, evil or wicked doesn't mean that it's not necessarily like deadly or, you know, I mean, not deadly. It's not necessarily like evil is what we think, like horrible, you know, it's just anything that contradicts the, the ways of God. Anything that's going to hurt you. God wants that uprooted and out of you. And um, so I, I, man, poison, don't let poison stay in you. Don't let hurt stay in you uproot that hurt. And um, I, I just asked the Lord how to do this. And, and I really felt like he was dealing with me. You're going to have to immerse yourself in the word three times a day. You're going to have to take my prescription of the word of God. You not only just meditate on the word, but you're going to have to meditate on my love. And he showed me one night I was laying in bed and he said, I want you to practice Thanksgiving therapy every day, every day. I'm like, what's Thanksgiving therapy? He's like three times a day. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to get quiet and I want you to pray over any memory that's, that's still bothering you. And I want you to say, Lord, I, I submit this to you and I receive your ministry to me that you heal the brokenhearted. And I want to receive your ministry to me as the good shepherd that you restore my soul and I would honestly, I would put one hand on my head for just representing like my soul. And I put one hand on my heart. And I would say, I receive your love shed abroad in my heart, driving out, flushing out this fear, flushing out this hurt, flushing out resentment and bitterness. That is not me. And I received that love shed abroad. And I would, and I would say, uh, I ask you, you know, basically like, let your light and your love flood this thing out of me. Flush it out. Flush it out. I'm not keeping it. And I would sit there. I'd close my eyes. 
And for about seven minutes, it always took me about seven minutes to get out of my head and into my heart. And about seven minutes, I think we talked about this, didn't we? Michael and Kara, we talked about In seven minutes, I would just thank the Lord, look back and remember, use my memory and thank the Lord for everything he's ever done for me. Anything I could think of. And I started doing it three times a day consecutively, consistently, three times a day. Haven't we always learned this, though? Like, do you guys remember Charles Caps? I mean, Joey's like Joe, Joey's like our Charles Caps. You know, he's, he's got his new Say What book, and we make our confessions. And But but think about it. Remember Charles Caps, like how he would say in there, you take your gospel, your pill, your, your p- three times a day. Well, you know what? Sometimes you've got to meditate on the love of God three times a day if you want it to flush out that fear and you want to get healthy. And sometimes when you're overcoming, it takes more. It takes more times a day, and it takes you getting quiet on the inside. It takes you calming and uh, calming on the inside and a rest on the inside, and, and you have to have it. And I would just close my eyes, and I, and I would remember every good memory. I wouldn't think about anything negative for seven minutes. And I would close my eyes, and I would remember all these amazing things. I'd remember when, when Jeremy proposed to me. And, oh, the feelings that it brought back. I mean, think about the feelings that you think about when you fell in love for the first time. And I think about our first vacation to Hawaii and how much fun we had. And I think about, uh, <laughs> I think about the sweet things that Papa Coughlin spoke over us on our wedding day. And, and I would just meditate on the Word of God. And, and I'm telling you, after every session of my Thanksgiving therapy, I felt like I could fly or something, like I was on a high. Well, Thanksgiving is one of the greatest healing practices God could ever give us. I mean, he already He showed us how to be healed. You know, think about the lepers. They all came to Jesus to be healed, and one went away giving thanks, and he was the one that was made completely whole. Well, think about Thanksgiving changes your whole perspective on life. It, it gets you right out of a low place and takes you high up. It's the language of faith. And I was, every time I'd close my eyes, I'd thank the Lord. You know, I'd get over into thanking him for everything he's done for me spiritually, right? He's, that he had healed me and I'd speak the word in those times and I would meditate on the word. It's really just meditating on his loving kindness. And I'd let it, you know what it would just begin to do? I can only explain it as in I could sense it, but it would wash over me. You know, the Bible says that he'll place a crown of loving kindness on your, in his tender mercies. It's a crown upon your head. Well, you got, if you start thinking about it and meditating on it, that loving kindness will wash all down over you and heal and heal you, work in you. This is how God designed us to receive our healing is just to just to be consistent in our meditation of his precious, his perfect love, cast all the fear out. You know, it's kind of like it's the law of displacement. That's what I think of it. You get so much word in you and so much love in you and you fill up so much on his goodness and his kindness and thanksgiving in you that it displaces all sickness. Nothing can stay in you. It displaces all fear. It displaces all. It gets it completely. It's driven out of you. It can't stay. And it will it will fill you up. And um, if you get if you will get completely healed on the inside, it will show up on the outside every time. If you get healed in your heart, if you receive your healing in your heart, it will show up on the outside. Um, I want to read you another scripture here. Let's see. Psalm 112, 7 and 8. This is the scripture that talks about the prosperous man. Um, and 
I don't know if you guys have ever heard uh, or read in the Bible. The Bible talks so much about a prosperous soul. That's what's going on the inside. And a prosperous soul is always giving. It's always blessing. But you're not able to do that unless you're completely whole on the inside. This is um, in verse, let's see here. One, this is Psalm 112. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 1. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. There we are again at the word. It's the same thing he said in Proverbs chapter 4, isn't it? Attend to my word. If you keep going on and on. Oh, I love this passage of scripture. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. That's your kids. Your kids, kids. Man, I want that. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. That's us, y'all. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and he lends. He will uh, guide his affairs with discretion and surely he will never be shaken. I don't want to be shaken. I don't want to be moved all the time. I want to live like up here. I want to be an example, you know. And uh, the, the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. Amen, amen. His heart is established. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do I live instead of living hell on earth? How do I live heaven on earth? How do I live days of heaven on earth? And I think all of us are interested in how to do that. I mean, as ministers of the gospel, we're supposed to be able to live heaven on earth for people so that they see our good works and they glorify God. So how do we live days of heaven on earth? Thank you. Um, look, with, look with me at this very last scripture. This is in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. It says, Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Is that what we just saw in both of those other passages? Attend to my word. Pay attention to my word. Lay them up and bind them as a sign on your, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. That's keeping the word in front of your eyes all the time, in front of your face, in front, always in front of you. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house. They're speaking again. You're meditating, you're staring at it, and you're speaking it. Speaking it when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. What is that? That's all day long. It's like you can't, you, we don't have time to like let other things filter in and steal our time. We have to be speaking the word, teaching our kids all the time. And that's what a healthy family looks like. And I love this next part. It says, um, you shall write them at the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember when you were little and your parents would have, I don't know, some of you guys, mine did, but we had scriptures like everywhere. <laughs> like everybody makes fun of us still. To, people make fun of us to this day. You guys know, it's like the joke, like, oh, you're going to hang your confession scriptures up with your picture you're believing for, you know, or you, you all know what I'm talking about. We all did this. Well, I was thinking about the other day, you know what? I want I want the word of God all over my house. That's not something to 
laugh about. It's in the word. I mean, I want to put up all over my house, like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to put around in my house what we're believing God for. You know, every year we make a vision list, and we, Justice does it too, and he's five, and he did his first one this past year, and it's a poster of all the things that he's believing God to be able to sow into the kingdom and to be able, that he is desiring for himself. And um, it's not just to get things. This is not the point. It's about seeing the goodness of God. It's about him getting to experience the goodness of God while he's little. So he put everything in the world on there. He put um, the things he wanted to sow into. Well, he wanted to bless his friend Jackson with uh, um, <laughs> his mommy's back there. He wanted to bless his friend Jackson with a little toy truck. And I think, I don't know if he got to give it to him yet, but he's going to. And he wanted to bless his little sister Jessie with some new clothes this year. You know, that's what he told me. And then he put on things on there that for himself. He wanted uh, a new guitar, which he's already God's already blessed him with, a new guitar to start guitar lessons and all these things. But he puts it on his vision board. And we do what Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision and make it plain that he who reads it will run with it. And and it, there's a, if you keep reading down, it says, and, and, be, and believe that, just wait for it. It will come, and it will come right on time. And we're believing God for all these things, all these, not so that we can just have and accumulate a bunch of stuff. No, it's just to see the goodness of God. To me, it's fun. I like when I can believe God for something and he does something special for me and then I can tell the story. Everything I have in that house over there, I have believed God and asked God for each one of those things. I asked him to help me find a pair of chairs, help me find it, and I got an awesome steal on it. I, I got them off Craigslist, actually, which I don't really shop on Craigslist usually, but I, just one night I couldn't find chairs. And I heard on the inside, look on Craigslist, looked it up. These people had these vintage 1960s um, chairs, the lounge chairs, the exact ones I wanted, and they hadn't been on there before. They just listed them like the day before. Miracle after miracle, everything I found in that house was because God helped me find it. And when I found those chairs over there, um, the whole situation was not about those chairs. I ended up going to these people, and they I ended up ministering to them. I thought they were Christians because this is hilarious. They had this sign in their house that says, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. So I'm like, oh, sweet, these people are Christians. And so they ended up telling me, oh, yeah, we'll take less for these chairs. And I was like, and I heard on the inside the Lord deal with me and say, no, give them the full price for those chairs. And so I said, you know what? I want to just, I want to give you the full price for these chairs. They were like, what? You know, sometimes God will deal with you to do that. Don't always try to get the best deal for stuff. You know, he'll deal with you to pay for stuff, more, give, give them more money, you know. And I said, you know what, I just want to, they had been talking to me about this couch that they liked. They were thinking about getting. I said, you know what, I just want to sew into your new couch. And, of course, people that don't know, what, most people don't know what we're talking about when we say, that. <laughs> you know, they look at me like, what? But I was like, I want to sew into your new couch. And you guys are Christians, aren't you? And they kind of paused for a second, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and I just like talk, started talking to them like they were Christians. I'm sure it was just the Lord helping me. But I, I just said, um, I said, you know, uh, we're in the ministry, and um, and I just really want to give you that. I want to bless you with this. And she's like ran and leaped and like hugged me, like uh, tackled me, gave me this huge hug. And I'm thinking like, okay, there's something more going on here that I know. Then a few minutes later, I find out they're not even married. They're engaged. They've been together, living together for five years. And I just start ministering to them. And they end up asking me, can you please um, text me your ministry name? And I basically just laughed with them and hung out with them for a while and ministered to them. And 
thank God gives me these cool chairs that are so awesome. But all those things that we get are just to be able to tell the story and to give God glory. And, and I, I love it because I, I, every time I look at those chairs now, I'm going to think about those people. I'm going to think about how that moment that God set up, it wasn't about me just going online and, and trying to find a, you know, because I was going to go buy these modern version of these chairs online. And, you know, I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want a sweet, I want a real vintage pair of chair. I want these one chairs that I've been had in my heart. But everything in that house happened like that. And all of it was to tell the story. And um, anyway, all that, all that to say, I want to write the word of God on my house. And you write it by the things he gives you. You write it by actually writing the scripture. You, you, you give it to your kids. You talk about it with your kids. Every opportunity that you have to, to speak the word into their life. Every conversation with each other. Let's not talk about problems all the time. Let's talk about the word and feed on it. And then we, then we seek success, success. This is what I love, though. Verse 19, you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit down in the house and when you walk in the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children will be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of heaven upon the earth. Well, how do we have heaven on the earth. You have to go back to verse 18. You lay these words up in your heart. You lay them up in your heart. And then when they get in your heart, that's what you're going to talk about all the time. You put it in your heart and then what you talk about will be what he wants you to talk about. You don't have to try to control your speech. It'll be working in you. Your heart will tame your tongue. Your heart will work in you. And and as you, talk, as you talk about it with your kids, as you talk about it to your friends that come up, the goodness of God when they come over to your house, as you talk about the Lord, you will live, this is how you live, days of heaven on earth. If you've experienced hell this past year, this is all we got to do is get back to this. Lay up the words in your heart and talk about that word all the time.